Okay, well, 1 Corinthians in your Bibles this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And if you're familiar with this passage of Scripture, the book of Corinthians was a book that was written by a man named the Apostle Paul. I think we've all probably heard his name before. The Apostle Paul wrote this book, and Corinthians is a letter that was written to a church, just like this one. It was written to a church in the town called Corinth. That's why he wrote this to the Corinthian people in the town of Corinth at the Corinthian church. So this is a letter. Now, we've been actually studying the book of 1 Corinthians on our Wednesday nights as we've been going through, and we just happen to be coming up on communion now. But in this book, we learn so very much about the church, about how a church just like this one, how it's supposed to be run. What are some things in it we should do? What are some things in it we shouldn't do? How to do communion. It teaches us what a church is. So today we are going to be turning to this book in the first Corinthians. And Paul is going to be talking about this very thing. What a church is. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you this before, before we get, get too far in. Because I think if you miss this, everything will be just kind of jumbled together. This is, this is the key to understanding. William is funny. He's, he's trying to figure out the difference between where Montana is and where Big Timber is. Because, you know, he, he jumps on a plane and he'll leave and he'll land somewhere like North Carolina or Kentucky. And he just knows, okay, I'm at a different place, so I'm not in Montana anymore. So he, he's starting to figure out, okay, different places are different things. But this is what he does. We'll get in the car and we'll drive to Bozeman. And we'll get to Bozeman and he'll say, Daddy, when are we going back to Montana? <laughs> I said, William, we're, we're still in Montana. Yeah, but we're in Bozeman. I know, but we're still in Montana. Oh, okay, you know, he, he's, still, he's trying to figure it out. I'm trying, thinking about maybe drawing a big circle. This is Montana, and here's your different places. They're all in Montana. Folks, here's one of the things that we're going to understand. This is going to be a two-part message. You're going to get part one today, and then part two will be next week. Now, they're both, they both have different lessons but they go together. So even if you miss, happen to miss next week, you'll still get something out of this one. Folks, when we look at the Bible and we're studying what a church is, like I said at the beginning, you know, probably all of you have got up this morning and says, okay, it's time to go to church. When we said the word church, a lot of us talk about the building, where we come. When you see the word church in the Bible, they're, not, they're never talking about the, the brick and mortar. Okay, That's something that we've started to do in this day and time. When you see the word church in the Bible, there are two different ways you can see it. One way is what's called the body of Christ or the bride of or the bride of Christ. And folks, the bride and the body, this is something that's going to include every single born-again member of God's family. And we're going to talk about that. Now, next week, we're going to talk about church, meaning what's in these four walls. We're going to talk about Bible Baptist Church, or whether that be Calvary Baptist Church, or faith, or whatever church it is. We're going to talk about this. Now, why did I say about the state? Because, well, just like you have Montana, and you have all the different places, folks, the church within it has churches. Does that make sense? While you have the church, we gather together in churches. So today, we're going to talk about the church. And then next week, we're going to talk about the churches. 
Now, they're both in the Bible, and we're going to see what's the big deal, maybe even about church membership. Well, we're going to talk about that today and next week as well. So let's go ahead and look at God's Word. Hey, that's our teacher. We want to learn from God's Word, not from me. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 12. The Bible says this, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, or whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many." If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, am I not of that body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, and there were, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were then the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Lord, I pray that you would again help us to have clarity of thought when we talk about the church this morning. Lord, we understand the church is what you have ordained and what you have given us and how you have organized a way for us to worship you. Lord, help us to understand what you have in your scriptures. I pray that the Bible would be our guides and the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. We love you, Jesus. And again, in your name we ask it. Amen. Okay, well, here's, here's like I said, it's going to be kind of a teaching time today. We've got some things we're going to learn, some words maybe we've never heard before, and we're going to understand how that both of these types of Churches and words are used in the Bible. Well, number one is this. Where does the word church come from? Well, if you were to look in the Bible and the word that was translated into church, and I know I'm talking about translations from other languages and stuff, but there was this word a long time ago the Greeks used called ekklesia. That's the only time you'll probably hear me say it. Anyways, what that word means is a called out assembly. A called out assembly. We are here this morning. We are assembled together. We are called out of the world and gathered together around the Word of God. We are called out together. We are an assembly of believers. Therefore, we are here today as a church. So, since we are now talking about this church, the whole church, what we call the body or the bride of Christ, we are going to see how this all, all of us, all that are saved, all that are born again in this New Testament time make up the body of Christ. Okay, preacher, well, how does that work? Well, let's jump in. Folks, the first thing we see is that the Bible calls this church the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Boy, it's like a wedding ceremony. Did you know that in the Bible, that they talk about Jesus and they call Jesus the bridegroom, and they call all of us that are born again and saved, they call us the bride. Hey, if you were to go to Ephesians chapter 5, you know what the Bible tells husbands? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's a picture of a wedding. It's a picture of a husband and wife. And now, let me ask you something. Does Jesus have a whole bunch of brides? Maybe we're a bride. Maybe the church down the street's a bride. You know, maybe this, this one next town's a bride. Maybe he has 5,000 brides across the U.S. No! Folks, Jesus has one bride. He has one love. He is one groom for one bride, just like he laid out in God's Word. And that is all of us. So if any person, no matter uh, where they live, what, what state they're in, what country they're in, no matter what church they assemble in, if they are born again, 
if they have had Jesus' blood shed for them and they have accepted that gift of salvation, they have become a member of the bride of Christ. They are going to be there on that day. And folks, one of my favorite portions of Scripture shows us that. And we're going to, I'm going to show you that one in a few minutes in 10 Thessalonians. So folks, there's that, uh, there's that ecclesia, the called out assembly, and there's the bride, and then there's these, these local groups that they kind of meet together, which we're going to talk about next week. They are called out because we are called out within this town. Okay, we are separating ourselves, in a sense, for in, in Big Timber. We are gathered together into one place. So we call ourselves a church that way. Well, not necessarily one of many brides, you know, j- just within the town here. So there's just three uses of that word. The first thing we're going to see today, though, is that body. Here's where we see it. Look at verse number 12. Let's go ahead and jump in. The body, the church, the whole church, the church. For as the body is one, see there's only one, for as the body is one, they are unified and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body. They're just one. So also is Christ. Folks, there's another portion of scripture that says Christ is not divided. Okay, you don't have a little piece of Christ over here and a little piece of Christ over here. If you were to go to Colossians, we're not going to turn there this morning. Colossians 1.18 says this, and he is the head of the body, the church, which is the firstborn among many brethren. Folks, Jesus Christ is the head of the whole body. Now we as his people, in a sense, we can make up as that scripture would continue to say, the hand or the foot. The foot has this job. The hand has this job. The toe has this job. And then he says, oh, is the, is the hand going to be upset because he says, well, I'm not, I'm not the ears. I can't hear, so I'm not that important. No. They all make up one body of which Jesus Christ is the head, the overseer. So the lesson in that is this. As a Christian, it's not my job to look at some other Christian and say, ah, oh, well... I don't have the same job he has, so I just, I must not be that important, you know. I, I'm just, I'm just the janitor at this church. I'm not, you know, I'm not the Sunday school teacher. So, God must not love me as much. Yeah, that, that's, that's not what we're supposed to be. The Bible says that we all make up one body. And I want to tell you something. My toe, my pinky toe is just as much a part of my body as my hand is. All right, I don't want to lose any of it. And so this is what he is trying to say. We are all together, all Christians are together in this one body that makes up God's bride. And folks, all are part of that body with Christ is the head. And we saw that in Colossians. He is the head of the body, the church. Now notice this. Let's keep reading. How is it that we're all part of this one bride? Well, look at verse 13. For by one spirit... Are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Folks, notice, you see that word spirit? How that came up several times in that verse? For we, by one spirit, are we all baptized? And then at the end, and have all been made to drink into one spirit? This is not talking about, from what I understand, this is not talking about water baptism. Boom, you've been dunked. Now you're a member of the Baptists, and the Baptists are the one to get to go to heaven. No. This talks about spiritual, us being baptized in the sense of the Spirit. That doesn't mean that, boy, the Lord's going to come on over me, and I'm just going to pass out on the floor and start shaking. No. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is the day that I got saved. Folks, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit, He came and indwelt me. He is with me. He surrounded me. My whole life has been baptized by the Holy Spirit who lives within me at all times. Folks, if you're born again, 
you have that baptism. If you have Jesus Christ living and dwelling in your heart, you have drank of that spiritual cup. You have become a part of that church, that one body, that one overwhelming body. So folks, all are part of that. Folks, we all have the same spirit. So the body, it is one collective unit of all who are saved with Jesus Christ as their head. Now, that's one of those words. It was, we can use that to, to, to say the body. Now, there's something else here I want to show you as well. I'm going to flip over, and if you want to turn here with me, you can. I'm going to flip over to the book of Revelation, chapter number 19. Revelation, chapter number 19. Last book in the Bible. One of the easiest ones to find. Revelation, chapter number 19. And I'm going to start reading in verse number 7. Revelation 19.7. If your Bible is one of the ones that uh, when it was published, they put like paragraph titles in there, you'll notice it says the marriage of the Lamb. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and His wife hath made herself ready. Now folks, this is a picture. Who is the Lamb in the Bible? It's Jesus Christ. Here, Jesus Christ is having some kind of ceremony where he's getting married to his bride. Now, I want to tell you something. This is really neat. I love studying this. If you've ever studied ancient Jewish marriages, let me tell you how the marriage tradition worked a long time ago. It's not like we do it in America, okay? In America, I remember my wedding day like, man, like it was yesterday because I can, I can see it now. I was out on the beach when we got married. We were, we were right there on the water. It's a beautiful day, and, and I was standing there with my, my brother. He had the ring, which, by the way, they dropped in the sand and luckily, we had a metal detector and we found it. Different story. But anyways, they have all these, these funny memories. And I remember I was there and I was standing there. Here was the preacher. I had my men behind me. And then I looked and then here comes my wife. She, was, she stood up over top of the, uh, the, little, the little sand dune there. She was walking over the planks. And I remember she was there. She was in her wedding dress. The most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And, and boy, she was walking with her dad. And her dad was coming down the aisle and w- with her. And I remember her dad, he was almost, is the most emotional moment I have ever seen him, ever. He's not a man that shows his emotions, if you know him. And so, man, what a wonderful day that was. But let me tell you, that's not the way Jewish weddings worked back in this time. Let me tell you kind of an illustration in the, in the way that historically it would happen. So you had a man, he was getting ready to marry this lady. And a lot of times those marriages, they were arranged from long ago. Which, by the way... This marriage was arranged back in Genesis. So they were getting ready to get ready for this marriage. This man, he would go over to this house. And at that time, they would make a payment to that house, to the father of that bride. And then once that payment was made, he was betrothed to that lady. And then he would go back to his father's house. And while he was at his father's house, he would make a preparation for the bride to be able to come to the father's house where the wedding was going to be. And then when all the preparations were made, everything was done, everything is set, the bride, excuse me, the groom would go back to the bride's house, would get his bride and bring her home with him. Now, folks, do you see the picture? Jesus Christ is the bride of the church. He came to earth, made a payment for us, went back to his father's house where he's making things ready. He is going to come back here to get his bride and take us home with him. Folks, that's us. That is not just within the four walls of Bible Baptist Church. 
That is every born-again member in this New Testament time. That is every person that has been saved and bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. That is that marriage. And if we were to flip over, and we'll not turn there, but if we were to flip over to Thessalonians, it talks about that day that he does that. The Bible says that there's going to be a great shout, and the Bible says that uh, the dead in Christ, they're going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up with him to meet him in the air. That means even the dead that have been saved, those loved ones that we know, they've been born again, they're in the ground. Yeah, they're going to come up. They'll be called up first. And then if we just happen to be alive and see it, we're going to see them go up and then we're going to say, wow. Then we go up with them. And then we get to be with our groom who is Jesus Christ and we get to be with him forever. That is the bride. That is the church. That is who we are a member of when we talk about being a collective Excuse me, a collective church. So folks, we see that. And then you know, Jesus, he only has one bride. He doesn't have many. Revelation shows us that. So this is a picture of us when Jesus comes back for all those that died. Now, this is kind of the, the facts. We said there's a difference. This is the overwhelming church. This is those that have Jesus Christ in their heart. Now let me ask you this. What does that have to do with church membership? Well, when it talks about a membership of a, of a local group, we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow, but did you know that not everyone is going to be a member of this church? Not everyone is going to be a member of the Bride of Christ. There are going to be people sitting in churches all across the world that they would be there, they would have their name on a church roll book. But they're not going to be a part of the Bride of Christ. And folks, that's a very sad thing to think about because having my name on a church roll book doesn't mean anything when it comes to who I am in the eyes of God. Having my name written down on the church minutes, hey, I was a founding member there. Well, the Lord's going to get to heaven and say, hey, I'm looking at the Lamb's book of life. Your name's not in this book. I've never even seen that book. What about this book? Folks, what we want, there is a great roll book for this church. It is called the Lamb's Book of Life. The moment that a sinner gets down on his hands and knees before the Lord and says, Lord, I put my faith and my trust in you to forgive me of my sin. I can't work hard enough to get to heaven. I can't do enough things. I know that the being dunked in the water doesn't save me. I know the communion doesn't save me. Lord, I know it's your blood that saves me. And the moment we accept that, the Lord Jesus, he looks down at me and says, Put his name in the roll book. I, I want to see, see his name there. And boy, his name would be written down. And that list of sin that was underneath my name that I was held accountable for, whew, clean. I never have to pay for those sins now. Because I have now been born and bought and I am part of that. Folks, let me tell you something. There is a day where we are born into the family of God. We have to be born again. There was a man, and we go to the book of John. He was this man, he was a Pharisee, and, and boy, he was wanting to see Jesus by night because he was afraid that people were going to see him. He didn't want anyone to know that he was dealing with Jesus because, by the way, if you were a Pharisee, you didn't want anything to do with Jesus. So he went to him and says, Jesus, what, what must I do to be born again? Or excuse me, he said, what must I do to be saved? Hey, I want to be one of yours. And Jesus looks at him and says, you've got to be born again. Now, if you've been around church any time, you've heard that saying before, oh, he was born again. But that was the first time he'd ever heard it. And this guy, he's looking at Jesus saying, what? You want me to be born again? And he says the thing that we would rationally think. He says, you want me to go back into my mama's belly 
and be born again? And that's what he asked Jesus. And the Lord looks at him and he says, no, no, no. Those that are going to be with me in my house, they're going to have two birthdays. They're going to have two births. They're going to be born of, number one, water, which is talking about being born of your mother. Folks, my wife right now, as many of you have seen, she's pregnant. We're going to be having a birth in December. That is being born of water. But then Jesus says, you have to be born of water, but then you've got to be born of the Spirit too. Let me tell you, I had a second birthday. I had a spiritual birthday, and I remember I was in a fifth and sixth grade boys class at my old church. And while I was there, I don't even remember what the teacher said, but he raised, he asked us, he said, is there any of you that, that don't know if, if when you die you're going to be in heaven or not? And I remember thinking, boy, I really didn't know. So I raised my hand and I asked him, I said, man, would you show me? How can I know? And he took me into a side room and he opened up his Bible. And he showed me how the Bible says in Romans 6.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he said that for by grace are you saved. He showed me again in Romans, for by grace are you saved through faith. No, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. That works lest any man should boast. Folks, we learned that that is the gift of salvation. When Jesus Christ, when he come down here to buy his bride, to pay for his bride, that's what he did. It was only his blood that could pay for your sin. It was only his blood that could wipe away and pay for your sin debt. And I remember that day, I got down on my knees and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I want you to forgive me. I, I, I trust in your blood payment to forgive me of my sin. And let me tell you something. On that day, Jesus wiped my slate clean. I now don't owe him anything. Does that mean I'm perfect? No, definitely not. Does that mean I'm going to live a perfect life from now on? Absolutely not. Just ask my kids. They'll tell you everything about me. Now, no one will ever live a perfect life. But I want to tell you, Jesus Christ looks at me and he says, yeah, he's done stuff wrong, but I pardoned him. Yeah, he, he took the deal. He received his pardon. Let's go ahead and put his name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And folks, I want to tell you something. I hope and I pray. I would love to be one of those people that are here. That when Jesus comes back, that we get to hear the trumpets. And that we get to... That we get to shoot up in the air and we get to meet him there. Now, I don't know if I will be. The Bible doesn't say when he's going to come back. But I want to be there when he comes back for his bride. I want to be part of that. And folks, I want to ask you this morning. You might be part of that church that we're going to talk about next week. You might have your name on a roll book somewhere, but that's not what we're talking about today. I'm asking you this. Are you part of this body? This morning, are you a member of the bride of Jesus Christ? When he comes back, are you going to go up there to meet him with the rest of his bride? Can you say you're part of that? Can you say that you have had that time where you have been born again this morning? Can you look back and you say, yeah, I remember that. That's, that's my spiritual birthday. I had my first birthday. I had my water birthday way back in the 80s. But boy, I remember my birthday, my spiritual birthday. That's this one. Have you had yours this morning? Folks, let's, let's leave that over there for next week. Right now, if you have never had that time, if you don't know if you're going to be part of this body, if you don't know if you're going to be part of that bride, folks, I want to tell you, you can know. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, he says, these things I write unto you that ye may know. He wants us to know. There, there's some people out there now, and, and I'm not doing this to, to pick or to make fun, but I had a couple guys come and knock on my door probably, oh, six years ago. And, and they came to me and they were asking me, hey man, yeah, we're, we're part of such and such group and, and, and man, we're here to here, here, talk to you about the Lord. And I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, you picked on the right house. This is good because I like talking about the Lord. And boy, we got to talking about a few things and I asked him this question. I said, boys, let me ask you. 
there's a couple young guys there. I said, if you were to die right now, do you know that you're going to be in heaven? And I remember both those boys, their eyes got about as big as quarters, and they looked at each other, and they looked back at me, and they said, one looked at the other and said, man, I can't answer that. Can you? And then the other boy, he looks and says, well, you know, I, I feel like if I do everything that the Bible tells me to, then, then yeah, as long as, as long as I've done A, B, and C and done what the Bible says, then yeah, I know that's going to be there. And I'm thinking to myself, boys, that's weak. Because the Bible says in John, these things are right into you that you may know. There is a way that we can know. And I want to tell you something. I don't have to wonder. Because if I could hear the trumpets right now, I'm not going to have to wring my hands and say, oh, no, am I going up? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going up. I know I am. And I hope you are this morning. Folks, if you've never had that spiritual birthday, if you don't know if you're part of the bride, if you don't know that you're part of the body, you can know that today. You can know that. And folks, if there ever be an opportunity that I could open God's Word and show it to you, let today be the day. Don't put it off any longer. There's no reason to walk around with, with, with worry and with doubt and with wondering, oh boy, am I going to be part of it? Because we can know. And if, why don't we go ahead and do this? If we could, let's have every head bowed and let's have every eye closed. Folks, at the close of every service, we do something that we like to call an invitation. And what this very simply means is we just want to give folks an opportunity. We invite them to do business with God Himself. Sometimes people like to come and pray around an altar, and that's perfectly fine. Sometimes people like to pray in their seat, and that's perfectly fine. Sometimes people would like to be able to speak with someone personally. Say, hey, show me from God's Word. What does this mean? I want to tell you, all of those options are open. Our God in heaven, I pray that you would help us to understand how important it is to be a member of that bride of Christ. Folks, help us to remember how important it is to be a member of that overwhelming body. You've showed us that we're all members of one body. There's the hand, there's the foot, there's different people that have different functions and do different things for you. But Lord, you are the head of us all. I pray that you would help us to, to understand what a great privilege that is. As we talked about even this morning in Sunday school, how we have the privilege to come directly to you in prayer, to be called a, a priest the royal priesthood. God, thank you for that. Lord, I pray now that you would deal with hearts in a way that only you can. So folks, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, we'll let this be the beginning of our invitation. Folks, if God has dealt with your heart in a specific way this morning, would you work that out with him? Sometimes there's been confusion about what it means to be a member of a church. Let me tell you, it doesn't mean anything to have your name on a roll book of Bible Baptist Church. What I'm concerned about is having your name on the Lamb's book of life. Now sure, there is a time and place to join with a group of believers. But I want you to ask yourself while you're sitting in the quietness of your heart this morning. Do you know for sure you'll be a part of Jesus Christ's bride? When he comes for his bride, do you get to go with him? Even those that are gone on, they get to go. They might be in the grave, but they still get to go. I offer you this this morning. If you let me, I'd love to sit down with you personally and show you how a person can know and improve it to you out of God's Word.
It's simply a matter of asking Jesus for that forgiveness and accepting Him as your Savior and then having that spiritual birthday. Oh God in heaven, we love you. And Lord, I look forward to that day that you come back for your bride, where you come back for the church. And Lord, I ask you this morning, I pray that you would find each and every person here as a born-again member of your bride. Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as your Savior, they don't know for sure, I pray that today would be the day where they can get that settled. Lord, for certainly you would be there with open arms. Help us to see the importance of the church of serving you, of being a member of that bride, of being a member of that body. And Lord, even as we continue on, as we go into next week, as we look at the biblical implications of of a local church body, Lord, as we talk about how we gather together and how we can serve you, I pray that you would just help us again to be right with the Word of God. And as we move forward to doing things like, like communion and what that means, Lord, I pray that you would be honored and glorified in it. Lord, we love you today. Now go with us as we get ready to go our separate ways. May we honor you and and all that we say and all that we do. Help us to lower ourselves that we might lift you up. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for coming out this morning. I know this, like I said, this being a a two-part message, it 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 was kind of too long to put into one, but also too short to be two really long ones. So it was a little bit shorter today and may even be a little bit shorter than normal next week. But folks, I felt like this would be a good way to divide it up. You know, as today as we've talked about the bride, boy, that body. And then next week, if you'll be joining us with us next week, remember, we're going to be looking at what it means to be a member of a local church and why that's important. What does the Bible say about it? What is, how does God use that? So boy, it's going to be some good stuff. I hope it'll be a help to you. Okay, well with that, folks, love you guys and we're dismissed.